Yeah, and that's why I have daddy issues. Damn, that's really hard. I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Ugh, thanks so much for listening to me. Like, I don't need a therapist when I have you. I don't need a therapist when I have you. So many of us have been there. Our friend comes to us looking for a place to vent, and we listen attentively, we validate her, and we help her work out solutions to her problems. And then we do that again, and again. And before we know it, we realize, gasp, we've become the therapist friend. The video you just heard is actually an excerpt from a Davi Yap YouTube video that's titled Friend versus Therapist, Why Your Friend Can't Be Your Therapist. It's so funny and we'll actually link that in our new blog soon that'll be available on betterfemalefriendships.com. But for now, know that if you have found yourself wearing the therapist friend hat, then I've got you. Today we're going to talk about the pros and cons of being the therapist friend the three-part question that should be asked before requesting help, and strategies to compassionately opt out of having to play therapist. Now, you know me. While I'm definitely going to give you some insight and strategies for exiting conversations that burn you out, I got to hit you with some tough love. So we're also going to address the things that you are doing that enable the situation and put you right in the spot that you don't want to be in. So if you're ready for that, well, let's get into it. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. As we begin this conversation about being the therapist friend, I think it's important to start with with this. One of the primary functions of a friendship is being able to be supported and provide support. One of the advantages of having a strong social network is that we have people to turn to when we need to process something, when we need help, that is one of the advantages of having friends. And right now, especially during the pandemic, when we're going through this collective sustained trauma, it helps to have people that we can turn to, to help pull us through. Okay. Research shows that vulnerability is something that we find likable in other people. And so it's a good thing when they are able to come to us and share. It's also proven that helping others sometimes draws us closer to them because we feel like we were able to show up for them. And that just feels nice on both sides. So I think it's important to start by understanding that one of the common things you can expect in a friendship is that we'll share, we'll vent, we will help each other process. The problem becomes when one person starts to feel burned out or when one person begins to feel like this friend is their only source of processing and support because obviously it has the natural consequences of making that other person feel maybe overwhelmed cognitively deplenished, right? There is a cognitive demand of having to provide answers, having to think through solutions and problem solve. There is growing resentment sometimes when you have to sit and listen again as you suppress your own needs and desires to, you know, quote unquote, have a turn. Sometimes that's frustrating. 
I know you've been in that situation where you're sitting, you're listening to a friend go on and on. It's like the third time that week. And you're like, man, I have some things to share too. Or, you know, just sitting there burning up as you're like, why am I just having to endure this? It's frustrating. And, you know, one ripple effect of that is, you know, being sarcastic with her or complaining to other friends about her or slowly withdrawing and ghosting her a little bit because we're overwhelmed and none of those reactions is okay but sometimes that's a natural consequence of kind of like suppressing something we want to say or address and I we're going to touch on that later but I think that's one of the reasons it would be important to vocalize how you're feeling and the impact of her behavior instead of holding it in because it's going to manifest itself some way so we'll chat about that later okay and then finally sometimes we feel frustrated with ourselves for giving in for enabling someone to come back to us over and over again to like deplete us of our energy so first thing that we have to consider here is something that I think helps to de-vilify if that's even a word the person who's venting to us because oftentimes when I hear us kind of like uh, talk about the situation, it's the therapist friend who's trying her darnest to help and the other friend who's continuously coming back to take advantage. And most times the person who's doing it is totally unaware. So I know like there's that, you know, this new emerging phrase, I think it started on TikTok, but that whole idea of like, you're the main character of your life. You're the main character. And I get that. But I want to talk about, you know, This is how that can be problematic. If you think you're the main character, you're going to see yourself as the victim in this situation and as her trying to be the one intentionally, consciously aware of coming to you to suck you dry of all your energy. And most times she's not aware. So why does that matter? Because if you feel overwhelmed or burned out, it's on you to say something. It's not Uh, I almost want to say realistic or reasonable to expect her to stop because again, she's unaware. So it does kind of place a bit of that duty to change things and to shift direction on us. We have that responsibility to set that boundary and to make it known. Another reason why we sometimes fall into being a therapist is because our first reaction to her coming to us is to help her solve the problem, but she never asked. So on his face, that is a very noble desire. Oh, she brings me a problem and I I want to come alongside you and help you come out of this issue that you're having. But most times that's not what she even asked for. How much of the the situation of being the therapist friend are we unknowingly constructing? Okay. I challenge you to try to become more aware and visualize how often you voluntarily put yourself in the role when friends come to you. So we're going to talk about two things here. First, I want to talk about how you're supposed to ask for help when you need it, and then how to receive a request for help and how to gracefully exit and disengage in a compassionate way when you don't want to show up because it's just too much, okay? So first, let's talk about how to ask for help. There are going to be times when your need for help is immediate. There are going to be times when a friend's need for help is immediate. So there's no calculating, there's no prefacing, there's no big formal request. She needs help now. And that's what we do as friends, right? I understand that sometimes as a friend, I'm going to be inconvenienced because my friend needs me in some way. That's just what it is. But When we can control 
the way that we request for help, and it's not necessarily a super urgent time-sensitive need, here's how we should do it. There are three parts that we should include in a request to vent to our friend. You first need to name the situation, tell her the objective, and then offer her options. Here's what that sounds like, okay? Name the situation, tell the objective, and then offer options. So that looks like this. Maybe when we're not together in the same room, I text her and I say, oh my God, I'm in such an annoying situation with my boss right now. And I feel like I need to just get some advice on how to respond to him. Are you free today or tomorrow to walk me through like how I should handle this? That request has the three parts. I'm telling you up front what I need help with. I am telling you what I need, whether it's advice or just to vent. And I'm asking you what time works best for you for me to get this out. Now, if you are together presently physically, and it doesn't make sense to text because you're in the same room, you can still apply the same three components in your request. Naming the situation so she has context for what y'all are about to be talking about. And this gives her a chance to see, am I even equipped to help with this? right? So you have to name the situation to give her context. We tell her the objective. I want to vent or I need advice so she can prepare for how to show up and then give her options for, you know, when is the best time to talk about this? Because for her, you calling up in the middle of the day is not going to work, boo, because I'm between meetings. My brain's not there right now and I'm super focused and that's going to do nothing but distract me. You might want to talk at night, but I feel like I'm tapped out at night between giving the baby a bath or, you know, being with my partner or whatever. I can't show up as my best self at night. Okay, so give me options. You might find for some friends that they can't show up for you during the week at all. And they'd rather just kind of do it on the weekends because they're so depleted from work or, you know, committed to other projects that demand of their time, energy and focus. So in order to honor that, those three parts of your request should be present. During your conversation, it's important to clarify when necessary. So let's say you start venting to a friend and she starts offering you advice. She's like, well, why don't you just do this? Or girl, you need to break up with him. You've already told her, I just need to vent for a second. But again, some people's reflex, right? Therapist friend is to help. So you can just say, I know, I know, I know you have like brilliant ideas right now, girl. Trust me, I know you're brilliant. But I feel like I just like, just let me dump, right? Like just let me dump on this for like 10 minutes. But it continues to remind her, no, I don't need your advice right now. I just need an outlet. I need somebody to be physically present while I work this all out and talk myself through the process. Let me digress for a second. Another another reason it would be important to clarify during the conversation is because how many times have you been in a situation where you gave a friend advice and you got super upset because she didn't take it? One of those reasons that she doesn't take our advice is because she didn't ask. And so you offer and she's like, okay, yeah, but she didn't ask. And so if that's, if you find yourself like nodding your head right now, like, amen. Oh my God, that's so annoying. We actually have an episode called four reasons your friend did not take your advice. That's from season one. So I want to digress because if that's you, a lot of that situation is rooted in what we're talking about today in terms of showing up as the therapist friend when maybe she did not ask you to be in that role. Okay. So I'm digressing season one, four reasons your friend didn't take your advice. Now, after you ask, um, after you kind of vent, you share, you dump on your friend, let's be honest, say, thank you. I know. So simple. And sometimes we take our friends for granted, but to let her know, I see what you just did. 
I'm aware that you just sat there and listened to me process. And I'm aware that that demands your time and your energy. Girl, thank you. And be specific. So not just like, okay, thanks. You know, but thank you for listening. I just, I had to work that out. And I knew you're just like the perfect person to work that out with. So thank you for listening. So find ways to show gratitude for the things that we often kind of overlook or take for granted in our friendships. All right. Now, that's how to make your request. And after this break, I'm going to tell you a couple lines that you can say when you're the therapist friend and you really want out. If you're ready to get intentional about creating strong female friendships, then you should consider joining our private group membership. You can find it anywhere you download apps by simply searching Friend Forward and then prepare yourself to be totally emerged into a community of 50 other women, weekly virtual events, an intimate and fun book club, and also bi-weekly lessons that help equip you on what to do, say, and unlearn in order to position yourself to create and maintain better female friendships. So consider joining us today by searching Friend Forward anywhere you download apps. See you over there. When you find yourself playing therapist, you sometimes are burned out by having to operate in that role. So what do you do? What things can you say compassionately to exit, to pull yourself away from having to play the part? One, I want you to only show up in the moments that are right for you. I think we forget that we have a choice. Just because your friend calls at noon doesn't mean you have to passively accept that you've been put in that position if it's not the right time. So I need you to be self-aware of when you're your sharpest, when you're ready to pour in, when you are emotionally capable of absorbing what she's about to share and show up in those moments. So let's say she gives you a phone call in the middle of the day or she texts you and she's like, oh my God, are you free right now to vent? It is okay to say, you know what? I'm so, insert reason here, I'm so busy or I'm so focused on this thing or I'm not available, honestly, and to offer a time that's best. It is okay. I know that if you're a people pleaser and you're listening right now, you kind of cringed at that thought like, oh my God, I, I want to show up for her. I don't want to, you know, look like I'm not being supportive or available, but it's okay because she's only going to get your best. Advocate for your best time to shine and shift her request to a later time. The second thing I want you to do is to ask first, do you want event or do you want advice? Remember we talked about a few moments ago how we often launch in the problem solving mode and she didn't even ask for that. Okay, don't put yourself in the therapist seat if nobody requested it. So begin your conversation by saying, okay, so just hold on. Let me get my mind right. Are you trying to just vent right now or do you want me to like help you? Okay, the third thing I want you to consider is setting a limit. So maybe you are available to chat, but you tell her, hey, I have 10 minutes, but I want to hear everything. Do you want to do this now or do you want to do it later? Because maybe she'll say like, that's actually all I need. So can we offer time frames? I know for some of us that might feel a little formal, but it might be all she needed. Think of it on the reverse end. Sometimes all you do need is like five quick minutes and it helps for somebody to give you boundaries like these guardrails yeah girl you can do whatever you want you can cover as much ground as you want as long as it happens within the next 15 minutes if you are trying to withdraw from a conversation that suddenly somehow became all about her and this issue she's going through there are a couple of responses that you can do now I have 
a list of seven scripts for you to respond and that's in our private membership along with videos of what it looks like in action because I know sometimes we're like well let me see how this plays out and so this weekend those questions and those videos will be uploaded to our private membership for now I do want to equip you with two possible scripts of things that you can say when you don't want to engage in this conversation for the hundredth time with a friend the very first thing I want you to do is listen 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 Ask prompting questions. Wow, that sounds crazy, right? Validate, man, that's really insane. And then end with, well, gosh, what are you going to do? Because it puts the problem-solving responsibility on her and removes you from having to construct solutions for her problem. The second thing you can do is refer her to somebody else. Now, I don't necessarily mean saying to her like, gosh, I mean, honestly, maybe you should see a therapist. Okay. Now, sometimes depending on what it is she's talking to you about, if it's like, you know, marriage issues that are really deep or um, something that she's speaking to with regard to some kind of trauma or something like that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think there's a a gentler way to say that. I like to make that kind of um, suggestion collaborative. So perhaps I say something to her like, man, honestly, like, I know that you've been mentioning this a couple times now, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better, I can help you look for people around here um, who can help with that. I think my friend knows somebody. Do you want to like look up people together and shift her into a position of let's find somebody to help you and I want to work with you to do that, okay? But when I say refer her to somebody else, it doesn't always have to be a therapist. You can refer her to talk to somebody who's simply more qualified to assist her with the particular subject at hand. So let's say she's talking about a family member and it's like the third time talking about this family member being problematic. So saying something like, well, hold on a second. Doesn't your dad who let's say she's complaining about, doesn't your dad like have a sister? And you said your aunt is like really good with this stuff. Why don't you call your aunt? Like she seems like the best person to walk you through how to handle him when he does stuff like that. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a professional that I'm pushing her to, but who's somebody else who's more qualified to assist her with whatever the issue is. So those are two possible things that you can do when you're in the midst of a conversation and you want out, but you want to be compassionate and graceful in your like emotional withdrawal from the conversation. And for those of you who are like, I feel bad about doing that, or I know that's the right thing to do, but I just can't help myself. Let's combat some of those mindsets that keep us enabling, right? The first thing I need you to understand is you listening is enough. A lot of us are not giving credit to showing up and listening. That is what friends do. The fact that y'all have relationship and I show up for you and I listen counts. But some of us believe that that's not enough. And to be a real friend, I have to take on this emotional baggage that she has. I have to, you know, stick my hand out and tell her, give me your problems and I'll take them on as my own. And that is not true. So some of us have to get comfortable with, okay, me listening is enough. That is me being a friend. So you're not any less there for her if you don't go the extra mile of being burdened by her burdens and helping her problem solve. The second thing I need us to release right now today is any guilt or obligation we feel over showing up. For some of us, we feel like, well, I'm her only person to talk to about this thing. I'm her only means of being okay. That's unacceptable. What a beautiful gift friendship is. However, it is not a requirement to be the only source of emotional healing or processing or support. 
even if it's true that you are the only person in her life that she can talk to, sometimes that feels like a badge of honor. I understand the sentiment behind that, but that will burn you out really quick. We recently asked some of our members what their experience has been with wearing the therapist hat, and we heard from a listener named Jamie. Here she shares her experience. Okay, so I have definitely been the therapist friend, um, and it was specifically in this one friendship, it was just so emotionally draining and annoying, and plus, like, she betrayed my trust, so that friendship has ended But with my other friendships, um, we have like a good set of boundaries. And for me personally, I ask people beforehand if they have the capacity to hear what I need to say before saying it. So um, they can set their boundaries with me and vice versa. And that actually um, encouraged my friends to do the same, to pose that same question and to also honor my boundaries as well, which I appreciate. the therapist friend hat is not a fun one, but once I asserted my boundaries, it's been great and my friendships have flourished ever since. Now, I do want to acknowledge this too. We had this conversation in a private live stream in our group coaching membership app. And two of the members, when we were having this conversation, spoke to how sometimes being the therapist friend can breed a sense of insecurity within us. And this is because, according to the members who shared their personal experiences, you begin to feel like, is this the only thing I'm good for? Is this all you need me for? Because when we have happy hours, when we get on the phone, there's not a mutual sharing. There's not a a sense of, of fun and pleasure. It's just you needing me to help you process. Am I good for anything else? Do you see me as anything more? And I want to acknowledge that as a very real fear. Um, I do want to also encourage, and I know this is easier said than done, that I don't want that fear of being removed from the friendship for speaking up to be something that holds you back from communicating what you need. So some of us continually enduring the the therapist role because we feel like it keeps us relevant in our friendships. I can't have you being depleted and used and resentful because you want to keep somebody in your circle because you want to have friends. If they are suddenly self-aware and say, oh my God, you're so right. God, I keep like dominating these conversations. My bad. Yes, of course. Tell me about yourself. That is the only acceptable response. If there is a slight sense of um, resistance or um, almost disbelief, like, oh, wow, really? Okay, that says all you need to know. I know this can be tricky. We want to show up for our friends, but at the same time, we find ourselves being depleted and we're struggling to strike a balance between the two. One of the frustrating things about sometimes being in the therapist role is we feel resentful that things aren't balanced, that things aren't reciprocal. And I want to say this, okay? The newer your friendship is or the less closeness you have in your friendship you'll find that you need balance to happen right away. So you'll see things like, okay, she talked in this conversation. Now it's my turn to talk. But the longer you've been friends or the closer you are to each other, you'll notice that you don't necessarily need it to balance out or to have equal exchange right away. Because you know that when you zoom out and you take an aerial view of your friendship, that it is balanced. So the expectation for reciprocity tends to be more intense at the beginning of a friendship or when you are um, less close to each other, you'll expect that payback quicker. 
because we're new. And so I'm still testing out like, okay, well, I, you know, showed up for you. So are you going to show up for me next time? But the closer you are, or the longer you've been friends, that equal exchange doesn't necessarily have to take place so immediately, because there's a little more leeway. And also we've built trust. And so I know that over time, of course, you're going to get me back, whether that's, you know, equal exchange and sharing and venting, or whether it's, you know, I paid for her dinner last week, but I'm not even I'm not even sweating that at all. I'm not pressed about that in the slightest because I know the next time we go out, she'll probably get me or next month she'll probably do something and it feels equal. Okay. So I do want to throw that out to, um, so I do think it's important to offer that to kind of contextualize some of this. If you feel like, man, she's had a, if we're talking, you know, if we're talking about the friend who is going through a hard week, so she keeps coming to you, that's one thing. But for those of us who take an aerial view and we look and we see, gosh, like, 70% of our friendship is me having to listen to her vent. That should indicate something else entirely. So if you find yourself needing a little more continued support with this specific issue, remember you can show up anytime in our private coaching group by searching Friend Forward anywhere you download apps. Or heck, even better, I'd love to have a personal one-on-one session with you and to help you work through this in a more private and intimate setting. And you can schedule that anytime at betterfemalefriendships.com. Because at the end of the day, you know that I am here for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships.